Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today on the show, we have Will Manny. Will is a graduate of the University of Massachusetts. He finished his career at UMass as the program's fifth leading scorer with 201 points. He was Rookie of the Year in 2010 and was a first-team All-American in 2012, as well as the CAA Player of the Year. He went on to play lacrosse in the MLL for the Boston Cannons and the Long Island Lizards. This summer, he'll be playing in the PLL for the Archers. Will and I got a chance to talk about a lot of topics like how he worked on his game as a player, how he continued to get better while he was at UMass, what he does today to keep himself in shape, and much more. Here's my interview with Will Manny. Will, welcome to the show. Joe, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, man. But let's uh, let's get started like I always do. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? Oh, man. Um, well, back uh, when I was younger, growing up on Long Island, it was obviously uh, a well-known sport, and uh, and the lacrosse community was well-known as well. But my, my dad grew up uh, in Queens, where my mom did as well, and he, he never played lacrosse. So I kind of grew up playing lacrosse through, through my friends and their parents. Uh, two of my friends growing up when I was playing basketball and soccer with them and football, um, two of their dads grew up on Long Island and played lacrosse throughout their high school careers. So they started coaching our PAL team when we were in second grade, I believe. And um, when we were at basketball practice one time, one of their dads told my dad, hey, Will should come and play lacrosse this spring and summer. Um, he would have a lot of fun. He, he has the vision. He's a good teammate. And, and we never looked back after that. Right, right. So, uh, what other sports did you play? You mentioned uh, football and basketball. What other sports? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I pretty much played it all. I was <laughs> growing up. I went from I played golf, I played hockey, soccer, basketball, football, lacrosse. Um, when it got to high school, I, I even was on the bowling team my senior year. So, I, I was a, a widespread athlete uh, in a way, and always wanted to be busy playing something. So, I, I think I touched it all. Right, right. A bowler, huh? I think you're the first bowler on the uh, on lacrosse podcast. <laughs> that's, that's usually how it, usually how it works, but uh, yeah, I like to throw that out there because it is a fun fact. And I grew up doing some bowling leagues with my parents when I was younger, just on like Tuesday nights or something. And mm. when I got to my senior year of high school, I, I didn't play basketball my senior year, so I did bowling with a couple of other lacrosse guys our senior year, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> is that in addition to I mean you know I'm a St. Anthony's guy is that in addition to yeah. the uh, uh, the bowling classes yes yeah so <laughs> senior year you so it was it was kind of great because you get to practice during the week during right. gym class and then you bowled every day after school with the bowling team and I mean I ended up having like a 206 average so I, I was I wasn't bad wow 
Nice. That was uh, that was my next question. You beat me to it. What was your average? Uh, yeah, I think it was right or hovering at 206, right? Around there. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, so at what point, um, back to lacrosse, at what point um, yeah. did you start thinking, you know, lacrosse is the thing that I want to play at the next level? Yeah, uh, I mean, I was always in love with the game. Um, that was That was never a question. But I think when uh, right around like eighth into ninth grade, um, when I, when I started playing for the Long Island Express, when they started up, I was part of the first team in eighth grade. Right. Uh, and then, like we said earlier, I, I'm a St. Anthony's guy. I got into St. Anthony's and I went to St. Anthony's and realized what talent and, and kind of culture they had there for the lacrosse program and, and how many kids they're pouring out going to these division one schools. And, um, it, it's a powerhouse in a way. And, mm. I think in that that time frame between eighth and ninth grade and then winning a lot of games and getting introduced to Coach Doug Schreiber um, and all these people that really cared about your game and can bring you to the next level, I, I realized if I put the time and effort into it, um, no matter what size, shape, or form you are, right, you, you can get there. And right. um, I was lucky enough in, in that time frame to have the right people around me um, and realize I can do that. Right. So what were some of the things that you did – to get better once you realize that this was something you wanted to take to the next level. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's so many things that you could think of. Right. But uh, I think the first thing is just developing that mindset of the extra work. And, and I always relate back to Doug Schreiber about this. Um, and Tom always says it as well, right. Who's going to practice after practice. And right. we always spoke about that, whether that's doing footwork, whether that's going to play wall, wall, whether that's shooting, even just shooting 10 more lacrosse balls at the net, that's, that's doing extra work. And um, I, I think that's something that I always had in my blood was just, I wasn't going to be good enough just going to practice and then going home and keeping my gear in my bag. Right. Um, I would always take pride in being the first one there and the last one to leave um, and just trying to bring more people along. Like you can always do that stuff on your own, but the more people that you bring along, even if it's one or two guys that you run on a line with, uh, I think that was something that I always took pride in um, and did the extra work on my own. Right, right. As a leader on a team, you can you can infect the rest of the players on the team, right? If they see you Absolutely. as one of the best players on the team, putting in the extra work, that means that everybody else feels, A, that they have to put in the extra work, but also that it's okay to put in the extra work, which is kind of a weird thing yeah. to say, but kids need to feel that they need to understand like it's okay to it's okay to put in the extra work right yeah it's actually it's funny that we we bring that up because myself marcus holman and adam gittleman did a a clinic the other night up in park city um and we had about 50 to 60 kids and what we did was we just did three different stations for 20 minutes and we just mm -hmm. kept rotating the guys and when we spoke to the kids after a lot of them throughout the the hour and a half we were working were making not making fun of each other but calling each other names and one of the names was oh you're being a try hard and when we were done <laughs> yeah and you, you can you can think back to those days right when you, oh you're you're a try hard you're a go hard absolutely whatever it may be and at the end i thought this is really really cool um adam gittleman kind of sat them all down and said that's that's not cool um he goes right you guys are going to realize the guys that do try hard and care about this sport and love this sport are the guys that are going to be successful. And all the kids are laughing and giggling and, and Adam, it's not a freak out, but Adam 
Adam kind of got after them a little bit. And, right. and it was awesome to see because kids haven't heard that. That's why they keep doing it. No coach has told them that yet. And right. some kids will, and, and as we all know, as, as leaders and lacrosse players, some people respond great to some of those words of wisdom and some people just blow it off. And right. the kids that took that in, into, into mind are going to do well with it. And uh, it was just cool to hear as coaches now, just giving that back to, to the youth game, especially out here in Utah, where we're trying to grow this sport rapidly. It's a statement like that can go a long way. And I just, I was very happy to hear Adam, Adam talk about that. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's such a key point. I mean, like the, the earlier kids realize that the better off they're going to be. I, I remember a few years after I graduated college, I was talking to a kid either, either at a camp or um, at a, maybe somebody introduced me to him. I can't even remember where, but um, the kid said to me something about something like, I'm better than 90% of the people that I play against and I work only 10% as hard. And my, res <laughs> my response to that was that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Like you yeah. need to, you need to get out of that mindset. Like he said it almost like it was a point of pride. Right. And to, in my yeah. mind, it was just like, you're wasting so much talent in his mind. It was like, look at how good I am. I'm not even trying and I'm that good. And it's like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta learn that mindset. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, so, uh, you know, so outside of, uh, you know, practice after practice, which is a term that we've heard on him before, because we've had we've had Tom on um, twice, yeah. actually. Um, what were some of the other things that you did as a high school player um, to get better, you know, in that in that one on one time specifically? What, what are yeah. some drills or things that you did? Yeah, I, I mean, I think first off, it, it starts with just playing three sports. Mm -hmm. Um, I played soccer and then I played basketball, then went right into lacrosse. So I was one always in shape. Uh, I always felt confident going into the spring after basketball season. I personally think basketball shape is the best shape in sports. Um, right. and so I, I think for me, it would, it would be just getting my stick in my hand throughout those seasons. Um, you know, just I'm in soccer season or I'm in basketball season, just still find a way to get your stick in your hand throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's, watching lacrosse it, it's going out and shooting by myself once a day once once every other couple of days in a different season um but for me i honestly just think um my stick work was always a positive and i think that's just thinking back that's i i did play a lot of wall wall and how to catch with my dad um my dad never used a lacrosse stick he used his baseball mitt because he was a baseball <laughs> guy but um i i, I always I always thank him for that and always bring that up, whether I'm in an interview or a podcast. I think he's one of my biggest role models because he always took the time when he got out of work to That's come outside awesome. for 15, 20 minutes and have a catch of me with his baseball mitt. So wow. I honestly think it was just having my stick in my hand because you get your chemistry and and the the feel for the game once you get back onto the practice field with your team when you're playing six on six and doing transition. But I think if you just have your stick in your hand, which – I did it a lot. Um, right. That that starts your that starts your confidence. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, you know. So for uh, for kids that are listening, um, you know, and even you're a coach now, which you know, this podcast is going to focus mostly on you as a player, but we definitely got to have yeah. you back to talk about your experience as a coach. Um, what uh, what are some of the things that you did, you know, to get yourself noticed as a high school player, or what were some of the things that you would recommend players today do? to make themselves stand out? 
Yeah, and that's a that's a great question because there's and that's the coolest part about sports. There are so many ways to stand out. Right. Um, and and the one thing that I always like to start with, and I kind of briefly touched on this earlier, was the beauty of this game of lacrosse is that you could be any size, shape, form, speed, um, and be really really good. Um, and for me, right, I'm not I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest, but um, I think I play with a lot of heart and, and mm-hmm. that started a way back. And, um, the, the one thing that I always got prided on and, and not congratulated, but noticed on was, was my riding ability. Um, right. after you turn, after you turn the ball over, if you take a bad shot, if you get stripped, which it happens to everybody, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Are you going to stand there and bang your stick on the ground? Are you going to pretend like you're riding or are you going to sprint? the 48 yard line and dive and get ran over uh and try to get that ball back for your team and and that's how i got ended up at umass in a way is coach canella saw me get a ride back uh at one of my at one of the recruiting camps and um i think for an attackman it would be it would be your riding ability Uh, a lot of kids are very skilled nowadays but what are you going to do after you don't have the ball Uh, are you going to be the first line of defense um midfielders just do you have two hands? Can you play offense and defense? Cause that's what the game's turning into now. Two way midfielders, right? Um, defensemen. Do, do you, do you play fundamental defense? I think watching, watching a lot of college games now and, and playing professionally, the defensemen that are just fundamental and don't try to do too much are the hardest ones to beat. Um, totally agree with your stick out, stick up when you're about to pass um, communicating when you're off ball and, and then just as a goalie, just, something that we look for and, and something that you can get better with is just your communication. Uh, I think mm-hmm. um, the more you communicate and give your defense confidence on where the ball is and that you're back there, it, that's, that's step one. So there's so many things that go into it, but that's just one piece for each position that I think um, that the kids now who are listening and or um, are looking for something to work on can, can do. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so what made you decide on UMass? Yeah, um, a, a cool experience uh, in the recruiting process. I honestly, I wasn't highly recruited. I, I'd never received a letter from an ACC school um, or, or anything like that. So for me, uh, I think it started with, one, um, the way that Coach Canella reached out to me. I just remember the phone call and, and then, the letter that he, he wrote just telling me about that ride back that he saw, um, that top 205 camp and um, his relation to the way I play. Cause he, again, he was an undersized attackman quote unquote. Right. And we talk about that all the time. And, um, and the second thing personally was I, I wanted to play for four years, Joe, right. I, I, I didn't want to go somewhere and, and maybe have a chance. I wanted to go somewhere and, 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 have a really good shot at, at playing for four years. Yeah. I right. knew I would have to work for it, um, which I would be gladly to do, but I, I looked at a lot of schools depth charts and see ooh, how many spots are going to be open at the attack position. And I did a little bit of research and when I was going to be a freshman at UMass, I mean, they, they just graduated Jimmy Connolly and Tim Belise uh, and a couple other guys and they were a young team. So I thought I would have a really good shot there. Um, so that's on my side, but then obviously visiting 
and and spending time with Coach Canella and, and I remember Anthony Biscardi, another Long Island guy, was my host, who's now one of my best friends. He was a year older than me. Hmm. Um, I just felt like home. Uh, the, right. the practices were so the practices were up tempo, um, and just the style of play that they played tough, gritty, blue collar was just exactly what I was looking for. And um, and I just. I pulled the trigger and then I would never regret it ever again. So it sounds like you went about this decision in, in the way that I think is the right way. I mean, you thought about, is this going to work for me for lacrosse, but is also, is this the right team? Is this the right school? Is this a place where I can see myself at? So even going through that thought process was, did you feel like it was a fit right away when you got up there or were there any transition issues? Yeah, I I felt, I felt at home right away. Um, Hmm. And and thank you for bringing that up. I, that that was the last piece. Honestly, was the, I I fit in very well um, with the school and the education piece right. of it. I, that was a great fit for me, and I did really well in school. Um, started out a little slow as as a freshman, just getting used to everything. But I picked it up as my senior year went on. But for me, um, I don't think there was any any really bumps in the road. Uh, I because <laughs> you start fall ball right away right when you get there and right and you're right into it so there's no time really for distractions if you're distracted by something or fall behind you're going to fall behind right. um and luckily enough i had again a great coaching staff and and great leaders and guys to look up to that really helped us on our team when i was a freshman with our class of 15 kids um and who were, who were also great guys and we all supported each other really well but um there are, are many things that you could fall behind with and have troubles with, but honestly, Joe, I, I really didn't have any. I'm very lucky lucky to have uh, right. thinking back to that had that opportunity. So I'm curious when you, uh, you know, I guess a quick coaching question: when you are dealing with, you know, kids who are in their first year, uh, you know, maybe they are struggling being away from home. Uh, how do you? What do you talk to them? What do you talk to them about? How do you tell them to sort of, you know, work through that? How do you help them out? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the stuff that I'm still learning on a day-to-day basis right. working under coach, coach Brian Holman, who I think is, I mean, he, he's one of the best in the business at, at making these kids feel at home. Um, a lot of it, Joe is honestly just telling them to get out of their own bubble and give themselves to their community and give themselves to their teammates and stop thinking about themselves so much. Right. Um, and, whether that's they miss home or they're struggling in school or they're struggling on the field. Coach Holman always likes to say, if you're struggling in the classroom, you're most likely going to be struggling on the lacrosse field as well. It just goes, right. it goes hand in hand. And so um, just making sure right from the get go in the first meeting of the year, just making sure our guys know one that we're here for them. Um, our academic support staff, their tutors, uh, their nutritionists, their, their strength and conditioning coaches, everyone's here to help them be the best person and version they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when things do hit the fan, um, are you using those resources or are you not going to your tutors? Are you not asking for help? Um, and those are the first questions we ask. And if they say, no, I haven't, then there's their problem. And if they have, right. then, then we'll, 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 we'll reach our hands out and then get more people involved if we need to and, and, and figure it out. But right. luckily enough, man, out here, we, we've, we've had kids who've, who've had those problems a little bit, but we've gotten through them. And, and I mean, our team's in a great spot right now with a lot of smiles on their face and right. they come to work every day. That's for sure. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's one point that, uh, one point you brought up that I think is so important is, um, you know, coach Holman says, listen, if you're struggling in the classroom, you're also going to be struggling on the field. 
I think that's a hundred percent correct. That's probably something that I mean, looking back on my playing my playing career, if I would have focused yep. a little more in the classroom, I guarantee you I would have been a little better on the field. Yep. I think that's something yep. that kids need to understand as quickly as possible. Um, so going back to, to your playing days, your time at UMass, um, you know, what were some of the things that you did to continue to improve while you were up at school? Yeah. And I think, I think it starts with, um, your relationship with your coaches, right. The, the trust that you have between those, those guys. Um, I mean, coach Canelo would always, I mean, he, he's, he's up, up in your stuff. I mean, if you're not doing something the right way, he'll let you know. And, Right. Um, I, I think I really carried over the practice after practice mentality when I was at UMass and I tried doing that based off my school schedule. I would, I would try to never have a class right after practice so I could stay after and do my work and, and stay on the field and enjoy the weather um, in the fall or in the spring. Um, if it was winter time, right after practice, I'd go right inside and, and do my wall ball or go watch film. Um, I think it was just the consistent, the word is consistency of that work ethic right. um, is what got me to where I was. And, and then I think the, the real flipping of the switch was my junior year. Um, I had a great fall. Um, and then that winter um, I worked out with my best friend, Anthony Ostrander, who was a pole at Albany. He, he, he lived right around the block from me my whole life. We went to our personal trainer for, four to five days a week during the, that winter break hmm. for about two and a half, three weeks before I went back to school. Um, and I, I was in the best shape of my life and I felt great going into my junior year um, first game. And then I had the best game of my college career, the first game of 2012. And right. obviously that, 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 that season was the best that UMass has had ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it was just cool to see all of that kind of pay off um, Obviously, the team we, as a team, we didn't get to where we wanted to. And that doesn't mean we had a failed season. It was it was one of the coolest years of my life. But right. then you had that season. I mean, I was blessed to be named an all, first team All American, a Twarton finalist, and all that comes with with winning games as a team. Um, and then my senior year, I I break my finger in the first game versus Army, and I miss five games, and and then we just missed the playoffs. So it's like the ups and downs that you have. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll never look back on that senior year and regret anything because I know how hard our team worked and how hard I worked to get there. And I was never going to, I didn't even think about red shirting because I wanted to graduate with the guys that I got into UMass with um, yeah. and poured, poured our, our four years of our lives into this thing. And, um, and it was just a really, really cool experience. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, breaking your finger, right? That's something you're, you're going to have no control over, right? Like there's nothing you can do to absolutely break, you know, to stop somebody from breaking your finger, but you can control the amount of effort that you put into it for how prepared you are for the games that you're going to play. Yep. Absolutely. As you're looking back, um, you know, on your playing career, um, how did you balance both school and lacrosse while you were up at UMass? Yeah. Uh, again, as a, as a, Division one athlete and, and student athlete, when, when you get to school, you really have to understand that time management aspect of your life. And, and for me, 
the convenience of the of UMass's campus and where I was living and where my classes were and where the um, academic building was for study hall and tutors and all that stuff was is all in the general same area. So that was very helpful, I'd say, just to, mm-hmm. to start off. Um, but again, now as a coach, right, I, I look back to when I was a player. Um, you have you have a job to do you have eight hours of study hall you have to do it if you don't do it you're not going to play you're going to be in trouble your team's going to get in trouble so it's just doing your job um and for me i was always i mean i was always a a above average student in school i wasn't going to blow you away but um it was just kind of pushing yourself a little bit to to not not having your parents around right and and you have all this stuff that you need to do on your own um but for me personally, I think it was just saying, hey, if I if I get my schoolwork done, I could focus more on lacrosse. Um, right. And if you held off a paper until the night before a game or um, or a, a 6.30 a.m. practice on a Friday morning and you, you had to do an eight-page paper on Thursday night, you're not going to perform your best on Friday morning. So right. just, just your time management um, throughout the week is just so important. And you got to spend – a day or two doing that and walking around campus to know where your classes are right when you get to school instead of just winging it and, and, and thinking you're the man on campus. Right, right. Yeah, as long as you, as a student in college, as long as you stay organized and you have that time management skill and, and you're not thinking about, like, am I late on a paper? Am I missing an assignment? Did, you know, did I miss a class this week? As long as you're not thinking about that stuff, I think that is, I mean, that's like 75% of the battle right there. Oh, yeah. You got to yep. put in the effort to, to, you know, to obviously study and do well in class. But I mean, even just doing those, the simple things is showing up to class, going to study hall, just doing the things that you're required, the bare minimum of what you're required will make all the difference in the world. Yeah, um, I yeah. completely agree. Right, right. <clears throat> um, so let's, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you do nowadays, um, you know, to sort of get yourself um, ready for a game. So let's, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, it's the, the season's about to start for you or, you know, it's a few months away, but season's about to start for you. Um, what is your week like in terms of preparing for a game on Saturday? Um, you know, obviously you don't, you as a player, you don't practice every day. Um, and let's split this question up into, um, you know, the weight room and on the field. Um, let's talk about what you do on the field first. What, uh, what does your week look like Monday through Saturday before a game? Yeah, and that's a it's a great question, and um, it, it's never honestly the same. I, I like mm-hmm. to just change up a, a bunch of different things just so I, I'm I'm not being a robot uh, every single week. But I think it first starts off with me being very fortunate to be a college coach, and and I have my stick in my hand every day with these mm-hmm. guys moving into the into the late spring when when it is co- closer to my season, but. Um, I, I would say um, just regular touches uh, throughout the week, just having my stick in my hand. I mean, I, I'm always staying after our, our Utah practices and shooting with Marcus um, and doing my own thing. But I think just, I mean, you go throughout a practice as a coach and you have, and you have your hand, you're sticking your hand for two hours without even thinking about it. Right. Um, so, for me, that just kind of comes naturally now after coaching for five years. Um, if I don't have my hand, my hands on my stick for, for, for a day, it feels a little awkward. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's just 
probably shooting um, three times a week um, and just, again, making sure I'm working on things that I struggled with the week before. If I missed a couple wing shots, just taking 50 extra of those throughout the week as opposed to um, and a righty inside finish, you know, just things right. that I, I, I've realized in my game that I could just fine tune. Um, because honestly, I, I'm never, I never overthink anything in, in as a player anymore, just because of how, how long I've been around. And, and now as a coach, it's, you just got to let some things go. Um, right. but I would just say it's just reps of stuff that I think I need to fine tune for the upcoming week as, as, as a on the field kind of right. gig. So when you, when you and Marcus are shooting around, um, can you walk us through maybe what that would look like? Like what sort of things are you, what sort of drills or what sort of shots are you taking? You touched on a little yeah. bit, but be more, a little, a little yeah. more specific. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it all, I mean, as, as we're getting older here, it takes us a little bit longer to warm up. That's for sure. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll toss, we'll toss around and, and just take a couple of like, players choice kind of shots, just go wing to wing and, and, and give one, get one um, to warm up. And then what we like to do is, is like a three or four, four ball drill um, where he'll have the balls on the righty wing and I'll start on the crease. I have to do a crease finish. Then I have to backpedal to the wing, catch, take a wing shot. Then I cut inside for an inside finish. And then I loop back out to the wing and I catch. And then I have to either do a hitch, face dodge, toe drag, just do like a player's choice kind of move to another finish. Right. Um, and just so you get four of game-like situation shots moving at full speed and it gets your cardio going a little bit too. Gotcha, gotcha. And how long are you usually uh, shooting around? I mean, it could, depending on the weather, it, it can go from anywhere from, from 20 minutes to an hour. Um, right. I, I think I think we, we know ourselves now where, if we have a, a good 20 minute session um, with, with high quality reps um, and we're going hard, I think we can call it there. But honestly, if it's a beautiful day out, as all the cross players know, if you can get the helmets on your gloves. You can take the shirt off in the spring and spend some time outside. There's nothing like that. So that, those are the days those can reach an hour and put some tunes on and have some fun. Right. Right. And so, you know, you mentioned you're also touching on cardio a little bit there, but um, what does your, what does your cardio usually look like? Is it mostly sprints? Do you do long distance? How do you basically break that down? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of my cardio comes from just the workouts that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I personally just hate running uh, and doing, <laughs> doing sprints. Right. <laughs> so I, what I like to do is uh, I'll do it uh, during the week, but I'm not going to do that four or five times a week. My workouts mm-hmm. have like that heart rate going, that high intensity stuff going throughout the week. But um, I think for me, I like doing treadmill workouts. The mm-hmm. thing Max Hebald, um, introduced to me a couple years back when I played with him, uh, was, is a 10, 10, 10. So mm-hmm. it's, you go on the treadmill and you have, uh, 10 miles per hour at a 10 incline mm-hmm. and you, you do 10 seconds on 10 seconds off for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember him telling me we were doing a summer camp together. He told me if, if, if you could do this, that means you're in good shape. Um, oh. And I, I'll probably do that once or twice a week throughout the season just to keep, keep my in shape stuff going. And um, I think just the way I practice and the way we shoot around is, 
is enough cardio for me, honestly. Gotcha. Gotcha. 10, 10, 10. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to have to try that the next time I'm in the gym to see if I, it's a good one. Yeah. See if I still got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, so, so let's talk about, um, you know, what your workouts look like in the gym during, during the week. How do you, how do you structure those? Yeah. Um, I, I think for, for right now, um, I'm probably, we're probably in there four days a week. Um, and, and when we work out, it's, it's definitely intense. Um, I think the lacrosse world right now can see a lot of guys putting more stuff on social media about, about their workouts, which I think is a really cool, um, not experiment, but experience for, for younger kids and, and for ourselves, yeah. just seeing what other guys are doing. Right. I know there's always, there's always a love hate relationship with this and people are like, Oh, they're posting this, they're posting that. But uh, I think it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's more talk about lacrosse right. uh, and that's always a positive in, in my eyes. So, yeah, but totally for, agree. for our workouts, I, I think a lot of it relates back to what a guy like Rob Pinnell is doing right now. And um, you, you're doing a, honestly, a, a lot of, a lot of different things in one workout. You're doing a lot of circuit training, um, three rounds of this, three rounds of that, three rounds of that. So you get nine rounds of, of nine different workouts and then you do some cardio at the end. Um, and you mix or you mix it in the middle in each round. So, um, a lot of stuff for me, honestly, is not, I don't need to bench what I was benching back in college and squat what I was squatting back in college. A lot of it for me is just, um, high reps to keep, keep my muscle and my strength. Um, and then I'll do that a couple of days. And then some days I'll go really heavy and do three to five reps. Um, our our strength and conditioning coach here at at the university of Utah, Parker Teagle, um, is not only one of our best friends now, but he's, I think he's one of the best in the business at, at getting our guys, um, in lacrosse shape. And he draws up workouts for myself, Marcus and Adam all the time. And they absolutely Hmm. destroy us. So it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's going really, really well. Right. So, uh, you know, putting you on the spot a little bit here, what would be, what would be the one thing you feel like you have to do in the weight room, say preparing for a game, right? You know, for, for example, I felt, and this was totally superstition, but I really felt like it always made me play better was, uh, you know, squats and and calf raises. I always did before a game. What's the one thing that, that you think you have to do before a game? Yeah, I think for me, I agree with you. It's definitely lower body um just kind of w- working to the island working on like that helps you with your speed um what i i really like doing is a lot of like single leg um whether they're lunges or deadlifts um while working on your balance and all that stuff as an attackman so mm-hmm. i would say just a lot of single leg work um whether that's weighted or just on a bosu ball just doing a lot of balance stuff Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so let's talk about, um, what your pregame looks like in terms of preparing for the upcoming opponent. Um, you know, so again, let's say it's a Monday, you got a game on Saturday. What are you doing to prepare for that proponent or, uh, for that opponent? Are you watching, are you watching video, reading scouting reports? What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, I think this is another thing, Joe, that has, um, helped me with my success and, and gives me an advantage um, is preparing and, and, and focus, focusing on yourself and watching your opponent. So I, I think um, it's a lot like what I did in college Monday and Tuesday. Um, after, so I played on Saturday, the upcoming Monday um, before the next game, I'll, Monday and Tuesday, I'll watch the previous game uh, and watch myself and see what, what I did well, or what do I need to work on or how can I, 
help my teammates out in the way. And I write those right. notes down. And then Wednesday, Thursday, I'll watch our opponent of uh, who we're going to be playing the upcoming Saturday. Um, and it's, and again, this is just sporadic. It doesn't have to be sitting down for three hours and watching six games. You know, it's mm-hmm. just getting a feel, getting a feel for who I'm playing and who will most likely be covering me and where, where do they have, uh, are they weaker in transition? Are they, are they not great in the pick game? Um, are they, are they, are their short sticks attackable the whole game? What do they do man down? Um, just for me. And uh, I don't need to, and I have had teammates who reached out to me during the week when I'm playing professionally and ask what, um, what does this team do? What do they like to do? Since they know uh, I do like to watch film, but uh, a lot of it's just from me just to go off my checklist. And when it comes to Friday, I I just worry about practice and we have some fun together and get to see all my guys again. And then Saturday we go out and let the fur fly. Um, It's just for me personally, that's just the way I like to go about it. And, Mm -hmm. And I just feel confident that way. And, and everyone has their own little niche on how they like to go about it. Some guys don't watch anything. Some guys don't read a scouting report. Um, but I just love watching the game of lacrosse to begin with. And then when you can learn more about your opponent that way, um, it makes playing on Saturdays that much easier for me. Right, right. Yeah, you know, to me, I think a key point that you made is whatever makes you feel confident. Right. If watching yeah. extra game film is going to make you that much more confident on Saturday, great. Absolutely do it. If you're going to get in your head and you're going to be thinking about every little thing that you saw on tape, maybe do it a little less. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so I'm curious. So on the, on the Monday and Tuesday where you're watching film of yourself, what are you looking for? Yeah. Um, it, it, it can go, it can, it can range. It could be from my stick protection, right? Yeah. What kind of, what, what, mo- what moves am I doing? Am I doing something repetitively? How can I be different? Um, watching transition. Am I getting, am I getting low towards the pipes to, to help create space and put myself in a scoring position off of one pass? Um, and, and just little things like that. I, I think right. for me is, um, where am I putting the ball on net? Like, so sometimes I'll, I'll really focus in on that stuff if I, if I have the time and sometimes I'll just rip through the game and just see what works for us offensively. Um, right. doesn't matter what defense you're playing and maybe our, our wing offense worked really well. And, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right. it, lacrosse uh, in my mind, and I'm sure you've said this and thought of it as a, when you were a player too, it's, it's not a difficult game, right? If you draw a slide and move the ball and guys are in the right spots, that's how offense is created. Right. Um, so just not overthinking it and just, again, just nitpicking and trying to become the best version of myself is what I try to do on Monday and Tuesday and see what I have to work on. Right. Right. And so you touched on this a little bit where, when we were talking about how you shoot around, but you know, let's say you're, you're watching film of yourself. You see that you need to work on your stick protection. What does that, how does that translate into what you're doing during the week to prepare? Are you, you know, going one-on-one with, with another player or what do you typically do in that situation? Yeah. And that's, that's a great question. Um, and that's, this is something that I've, I've brought up plenty of times, whether it's just to my peers or, or at a camp or a clinic talking to, to young kids, it's, that's the most difficult part as a professional lacrosse player, because you're not practicing every single day. Right. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, as a, as an attackman and a guy that played behind the goal, it's just like, there's nothing better than practicing every day and getting your butt kicked because you're, you're, you know, if you're protecting your stick, um, right. there's, right. there's times where, we have a professional game and I, I don't go one-on-one until Friday night before a game where we're, we're 
and honestly, in a way, not going as hard as, as possible because guys are coming in from work and right. and are a little bit older, right? And and then Saturday, first possession of the game, you get stripped. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Um, yeah. But, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I think it maybe just doing that one or two times a week is just grabbing an extra player um, or even on Friday, just before or after practice, doing five one-on-ones, even if it's at 80%. Or seventy-five percent. Right. Just, just when you change direction, just to make sure you're not hanging your stick, and you tell the defenseman, "Hey, throw a bunch of a junk at me," just to make sure I'm protecting my stick. Right. Um, so that that that's that's something I have done. Um, luckily enough, my uh, in a way, my game has has kind of transformed into more of an off-ball player. Um, but, but I think you always have to have that in your head as, as an attackman, as, as having that dodging mentality. Um, right. and, and that that's definitely a way to, to get better at it is by just reaching out to a teammate to ask for, for two minutes of their time. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I think a key point that, um, you know, this was again, something that I, that I learned later on in my career, right. Is the more effort, the more work you put into your game when you're younger, um, you know, working on shooting, stick protection, you know, basically the, the full gamut, everything that you can work on. Later on in your career, when you do notice something like, hey, my stick protection hasn't been that good lately, I need to improve it, or, you know, my outside shot from the left-hand side is a little off last week, you can hone it that much quicker um, during the week if you put in the work, you know, over over, you know, over the years before you get to, you know, the college or pro level, right? So, if you need to get better at shooting from the outside, right? All you need to do is basically work on that, say, for half an hour that week, and you're gonna yep. be, you're gonna, you're gonna fine tune that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's it's funny you say that, right? Because it's one thing, just based off of of, of that kind of coaching and personal development. Um, one thing that we said, Coach Marcus and I said to our guys this week at Utah was our midfield dodging needs to be better. We're kind of just running into our dodges right. um, and not really making a move. Mm-hmm. And um, we worked on a three-step split and kind of a little bit of a head shake and a little bit of a head bob um, this week during practice. And, and three of our middies scored one-on-one goals this week, turning the corner in an right. invert because they, they were able to get separation. So it, it proves its point, and, and you just have to – again, you have to put in the work – not even, not just in practice, but after practice, I saw a bunch of our guys doing it, and, and it paid off for them. So it's it's right. it, it proves it, it proves its point. Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't have to be you know doesn't have to be seven hours a week. It's just you know half an hour one day, maybe even twenty minutes. Yep. It'll, it'll I agree. do the work. Um, and I think you know to harp on another thing that you said, which um, you know I think is so important, is it's just about consistency, right? Like it doesn't need to be. Yep. This massive effort every day just needs to be something, you know, that you do every single day and, you know, it'll, it'll compound on itself. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, what a typical game day is like for you. So, you know, let's say you got a game, say you got a game at seven, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, what's your day like? Any superstitions, pregame meal, what's your routine? Yeah, I mean, we usually will have like a walkthrough practice in the morning. Wake up, have a walkthrough practice. Go right there, um, get your get your stick in your hand, touches, and, and review a couple of game plan stuff. Man up, man down. Come back, have a team breakfast. Uh, I'm a big breakfast guy. I love eating the big breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of set, set the tone for the day. And um, for a smaller guy, I'm, I mean, I 
I think I've hit 160 pounds once in my life. I eat, I eat a lot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but for me, uh, as a player, I, I kind of like to just get off my feet and, and relax and, and not think so much about the game throughout the right. day uh, until it gets closer. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll get back after breakfast and hang in the room, maybe throw a movie on. Um, and then we'll have lunch sometime in the afternoon and then I'll go for like a, maybe a 15 minute walk or just a little personal time, call somebody, you listen to some music, um, try to be outside. Right. And then I'll take like a, either a 30 minute to an hour nap um, before we leave for the game. Just it's something that helps me clear my head and, and kind of just take a deep breath and relax. Uh, I know right. a lot of guys who do like to do it. I know guys that hate to do it. Uh, I'm one of those guys that loves doing that and, and kind of just, take it all in and, and kind of think about and dream about the game while you're taking a nap. And, and then I feel good when I get up, uh, head over to the field. Um, I hop right in the shower when I get there to wake up and, and feel good and um, throw the headphones on, get taped up, go play some wall ball, retape my stick. Um, and then just enjoy, enjoy the locker room pregame with the guys and, and have some fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, listen, uh, you know, well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. This is, a, uh, this is a great conversation, but there's one question that I've asked everybody who's come on the show. Um, what are three things that everyone should be doing every day uh, to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think one is just find out what you love. Um, mm -hmm. that, that could be, that can, that's a wide range of, of different things in this world, you know, whether it's a sport, whether it's a family member, member, whether it's a place in the world, um, find out what you love to do. Um, two, I would say, um, is um, just do something, do one thing a day to, to, to help somebody else, um, mm -hmm. whether whether that's holding a door for somebody, um, saying thank you or smiling and waving to, to, um, to somebody. I, I, I've learned that when I was younger and all my coaches that I've had throughout my career, um, have kind of just reiterated that in and out. And I think that's something that I like to do every single day is, um, is make somebody else's day better, um, by, by doing one of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then three, um, I guess I would say um, just giving yourself giving yourself an extra we like to say rep as a lacrosse guy, right? But mm -hmm. putting putting five to ten minutes of extra time into into something every day, whether that's cleaning your room up or making your bed, um, whether that's getting to work a little bit earlier just to show your boss that you're here to work um, and, and, and do the right thing or get ahead of something that you need to do that day. Uh, right. So th those, those would be my three things because not only does that better yourself, uh, but it betters the people around you. Um, right. And if you, if you do better yourself, that's you, automatically going to help um, the people that you touch. And, right. and right. The, the famous quote is you're, you're the average of the, five people you spend the most time with. Um, right. for me, I, I 
I spend time with Marcus, Adam, Tim McDermott, and Coach Holman, um, and Gus Colonna, Parker Teagle, our staff, who are not great, not just great friends, but they're just better people. Um, and and I, I think that's a huge piece for people to understand is the people that you surround yourself with um, are is a huge piece to how you're going to live your life. So, Right. That's awesome. That's a great place to end. Um, listen, Will. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. This was uh, this was great. I really appreciated the talk. Good luck this yeah, weekend. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much, man. This is this is great. I, I appreciate what you're doing. You've gotten some great great names and great people on here, and uh, and keep it going. And if you ever need anything, just let me know. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a travel or club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents game changer team manager is free it's easy to use and it doesn't serve ads learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager until next time keep working and keep getting better